Okay, today is uh, November 20th, 2021. Uh, my name is Junie, and this is the Theta Game Podcast, the official podcast at ThetaGame.com. Uh, everything that I say in this uh, podcast and future podcast should not be considered financial advice. I have stock positions in NVIDIA. Thank you. And just before I forget, I'm just going to list the earnings for this week. Uh, we got Zoom and Urban Outfitters after close on Monday. Uh, and before open on Tuesday, you have Dollar Tree, Abercrombie Fitch, Burlington Co. Factory, Best Buy, and Dick's Sporting Goods. After close on Tuesday, you have Hewlett Packard, Gap, Nordstrom, Dell, Autodesk, and VMware. Before open on Wednesday, you have John Deere, and the rest of the week is Thanksgiving. Uh, the market is going to be closed on Thursday. Uh, however, it does open back up for Black Friday. Uh, you know, j- I'm just going to put this out there because I, I get this question quite frequently, especially during just like not just Thanksgiving, but really any holiday like Thanksgiving, Christmas is usually the most popular ones. But people tend to ask like, oh, should I be selling options during this time? Because, you know, there's one entire day where the market is closed. And, you know, is that um, premium left on the table that I can potentially just gain for free? Uh, and the answer is no. So that is already priced in, just like how everything in the stock market is technically priced in. Everyone sells and buys things according to what they deem is worth it or not. So, you know, don't think that you're getting like one day full of premium uh, for free by selling something that is already baked into the stock uh, and just trade accordingly. We're almost done for the year, so there's no reason to do anything too risky or anything that you normally wouldn't do. So if you're green and you're strong, you know, make sure they end this year with like a very firm exclamation mark. Maybe not one that's uh, revolving around gains, but an exclamation mark after saying like, wow, I've gotten so much better this year. Can't wait for the next one. And for earnings this week. Uh, Zoom after close on Monday and Best Buy before open on Tuesday, I think are the main two that you know I'll briefly look at. Other than that, everything really is just like focused on retail. If you're into retail, like maybe you like shopping at clothing stores or um, maybe you, these are just some of the companies that you really like, like Gap, Nordstrom, or Urban Outfitters. It'd be just kind of cool to just see you know how mall foot traffic has been um, and you know how they're um sales have been maybe you know people working from home are just more inclined to buying clothes that are more comfortable instead of like just cheap and so people are opting to buy maybe lululemon i don't know i have no idea what i would be looking for or <laughs> listening for uh, in these calls because i don't typically trade retail stocks like these um but those are just some of the questions that i would be probably trying to answer for myself if i was invested into these companies So the end of the year is coming up, which also means the start of the next year is also coming up. Uh, Starting January 1st, you're going to be able to contribute to your 2022 IRA, your investment retirement account. Um, There's many benefits to having an IRA. Uh, You know, a lot of it is tax-free. If you are under some income bracket, it's, uh, you know, you could write write it off on your taxes so you don't pay taxes on that amount. Most of you, I think, already have it. I've had a dedicated episode to it uh, for just (laughs) trying to communicate how important it is 
to be saving up for retirement, but more importantly, having an IRA. It's very easy. It sounds scary, like that acronym or uh, just the term like investment retirement account. That sounds ultra scary. I get it. But it's really easy opening one. Uh, I have a few companies that I like, but I'm not going to even try to pitch you some referral code right now. I'm not going to try to sell you on anything. Do your own due diligence. Find a company that you like for IRA um, and just open one. Um, my tip after that, though, is like how you should contribute to your IRA. There's two main modes of thought here. And one is, um, you know, I think it might be the most popular is dollar cost averaging throughout the year. So if your maximum contribution for the year is $6,000, most people put in like $500 at a time per month up until they reach $6,000 for the 2022 year. What most people, um, or not most, but what a lot of people, especially newer investors in their IRA don't understand is like, if you don't put the money in there, the money doesn't grow. For example, like if you put in only $500 in January and for whatever reason, and this probably won't happen, if January goes up like 50%, like for whatever reason, the stock market just takes off 50%, right? It's not gonna happen, just, just an extreme example. Then only $500 of your money will go up. So with that line of thought, and you know because the stock market typically tends to go up the more money you have invested earlier the more uh gains you that can be had now you can easily say the other way around too like if you put in all six thousand dollars at one time um and the stock market starts falling then well you're kind of just like wow i should just dollar cost to average in and this would have been uh this would have been this would have worked out better for me but here's here's another way to look at it is like if you're going to contribute to your IRA for the rest of your life uh, or up until, you know, you're going to start taking it out, maybe at like 65 or whatever that age is. <laughs> it's it's a while, especially if you're around my age. I'm like 28, almost 29 now. And um, if you're going to contribute to this for like another like three decades, uh, you're good. You don't have to min max. You don't have to pinch every penny right now. So just put in the six thousand dollars. And another pro, right, of this uh, strategy, just putting it all in at once, is you don't have to worry about it for the rest of the year. A lot of people set up that auto deposit at $500 a month, and then, you know, some big expense comes up, like a vacation, or they want this new shiny toy, or something, like a car, and then they take off the auto deposit, because they're just like, oh, you know, I'll just... I'll just contribute more next year or I'll just start contributing more later in the year to make up the difference that I'm not paying right now. And it's really hard for you to just remember or reprioritize your retirement when you're driving your new fancy car or you know you're you're enjoying uh, this vacation that you sh that you're having, which is all fine and dandy. You should definitely spend your money how you want and you should be happy with that. But I'm just letting you know the pros of just depositing or contributing all 6k at one time so you just get it over with and then uh everything else can just be of luxury which i think should that's how it should be prioritized at least for how society works right now right it's just like get your retirement have that be a priority so you don't have to like stress about it later because that i think is the ultimate amount of stress is if you don't have your nest egg ready for retirement or if you never see retirement as an option i can see that being super tilting for at least me. I don't know how everyone works. Maybe everyone's everyone else is just kind of like, oh, you know, I'll figure it out when I get there. But I want, I'm trying to retire as soon as I can. 
Like, I don't think waiting till like age 60 or 65 is prime time for retirement. I think that's kind of, it's kind of late, <laughs> to be honest. I'd rather start living my life way sooner. Not that I'm not living my life right now, but, you know, just having, saying that you're retired and you can do whatever you want at any time seems pretty good. Um, so, yeah, there's that. That's $6,000 right away. Uh, a lot of you might say, like, hey, Junie, but I don't have $6,000 to put in right away. Uh, do I look rich to you? Like, you're so disconnected from your audience. Like, why, why would you assume that I have $6,000 I could just put in on January 1st? That's so insensitive. You got to start from somewhere. If you can't put in $6,000 all at once, obviously, I don't want you to, like, take out a loan or I don't want you to, like, put all your money that you have in your portfolio that you're using for fun or, you know, putting all your budget that you have for, like, this thing that you've been saving up for for all year. I don't know what context. Uh, I don't know the context that you're in, but I'm just trying to emphasize how important it is that you just, like, prioritize your IRA and contributing to it and then having all the fun stuff like kind of be after. If you can't afford $6,000 right away, maybe you just do an auto deposit for however much you uh, feel comfortable with at first. And then you make it your 2022 year goal to have $6,000 ready for January 1st of 2023. And this is just kind of how everything starts snowballing. Um, when you have these goals set up for yourself, like getting that 6K to uh, contribute for the next following year, then maybe when you start making those risky trades in 2022, you're just kind of like, ah, oh, you know, I have, I'm up 6K right now. I could put 6K in like Tesla calls right now, but you know what? Uh, I'd rather just play it safe. I'll just put like 3,000 of this in some other position, maybe sell this, maybe buy this. Uh, but I'm trying to stay on track so I can put contribute 6,000K uh, next, or yes, <laughs> 6K, <laughs> 6,000K, 6K next year right start developing these goals and you'll start trading a little bit safer right a, a huge goal of mine is to eventually have a very nice home where i can raise a nice family and be as happy as i can be uh, and so that helps me not trade as recklessly as i uh used to and so find your goals six thousand six thousand dollars at the beginning of the year next year um and uh yeah just good luck with everything we're almost done with 2021 that is crazy we're almost there okay uh i want to read off an email that i got a while ago nine days ago uh from a, a listener named matt he says uh junie man nice to meet you though i sh uh, thought i'd show some appreciation i'm in nursing school and have a 45 minute commute at 5 30 a.m to go to the hospital and i've listened to all your podcasts over the last couple months and i love the atmosphere and tone of your podcast you have an amazing thesis and mental structure for Theta Gang Trades. Theta Gang Trades really meet my lifestyle right now. I'm stoked on small gains that I can write a few weeks out and set a trigger and not have to monitor as frequently. I wanted to get your thoughts on maybe wheeling AMD. I've been tracking some Theta Gang paper trading on Excel with uh, NVIDIA, AMD, Ford, uh, and I really want to start wheeling AMD in my actual portfolio. I've built a strategy and I've been sticking to it for the last couple of months and it hasn't failed me yet. But I know the market has been nice and emotions about paper trading are very different from actually trading. So I'm nervous about tying up 15K out of my 25K portfolio when the stock is at all time high. What do you think about starting the wheel on AMD right now? I've seen on datagame.com you've been wheeling AMD without banning an eye. Okay, so thanks Matt for writing in. 
Um, and uh, yeah, just the kind words of you just showing some appreciation and thanking me. Like, no, thank you for like writing in. These are these are my favorite types of questions to answer, especially on the podcast too, because this isn't some like um, you know absolute beginner asking me like oh is this a company is this a good company to write call or to buy calls on or is you know this company has run so hot should i buy puts or should i short this company and because it's run so hot this is someone you know that has took it on themselves to record their trades for a little while on their own excel sheet that's cool and there's nothing wrong with that um and doing some paper trades there are some things wrong with that because you know i just don't particularly like paper trading but the saving grace here is that they're mature enough in their trading journey to ask um like hey is using 15k out of my 25k portfolio like a bad thing when stock is at all-time high like just being able to like pause and ask that after performing well in your paper trading account is huge like you're mature enough to understand that like um and you even said it like the emotions in paper trading are different than actual trading. And so just this is a really good turning point for you right now that you're taking your this transition that you're doing from paper trading to a real trading if you're already asking these types of questions. So Matt, I just wanted to just like commend you on that and just say like hey, you're definitely your thought process is correct here and just like being cautious and moving forward uh regardless of your like uh really good performance that you've had so far trading with paper on uh nvidia and amd oh you know i've also been noticing my my audio has been clipping so for those that are in the car that are getting their ears wrecked (laughs) or those that are trafficking planes right now getting your ears wrecked my bad (laughs) i'm i moved the uh let me move the mic a little bit further away there you go okay so um these are my favorite types of questions because I can answer this at so many different angles that, you know, most people when they answer a question, um, sometimes the, the recipient of that answer might not understand that particular answer. So when I'm able to, you know, answer this in a few different ways, I hope that, you know, at least one of these angles makes sense. Um, so the first one I would like to point out is like most people, it depends on the, usually it depends on the age of the person that you ask, right? Um, if you're telling someone, Hey, you know, I'm using 15 K out of my 25 K portfolio. Let's just call that like nearly half or a little bit more than half, right? You're using like three fourths of your, that's not right. You're using 60% of your portfolio. Um, to uh you know use this particular strategy most older people the ones that are more risk adverse will tell you you know what yeah that's not the best thing to do you should put it in maybe like a dividend stock or you should buy stock with that and be be done with it um you know you ask someone like me that has done this for a while my portfolio at one t- at one time was probably around 25k and i was playing around 15k's worth of um of cash secure puts for sure but you know when i was writing amd uh back in the day <laughs> wow when i was that's that feels so weird to say um it was trading at like a 20 dollars uh, it was trading at 40 dollars 
So it was a, it was like almost you know thirty percent of what you're about to write right now, um, and I felt particularly okay because uh, in the event that this fifteen k out of twenty five k portfolio trade goes wrong, what you're looking at happening is you're going to be down on a hundred shares of AMD uh, in the red. Right, you're gonna be literally holding stock of AMD in the red. Some people listening on this podcast might be like, "Okay, Junie, uh, but that's not a big deal because you just write covered calls uh, and lower your break even that way. And then you know, eventually, when you uh, get your break even low enough, you can start writing, uh, you know, better covered calls and better covered calls, and you'll make it out okay." That is true. If the stock dips and then trades flat for a little bit, um, and everything is fine and dandy. What a lot of people haven't experienced that I've experienced is getting assigned on a massive stock drop from a macro event. Like totally not your fault. This wasn't an earnings play. This wasn't based off of some news article. This was coronavirus. So I I wrote like $80,000 worth of puts uh, on an $80,000 portfolio. So I was 100%. I wasn't 60% like you are right now, I was 100%. So something that I would like to pass down to you as some knowledge and some like wisdom that I've gone through is that you really have to be okay with holding the stock for red. You mentioned that you've been paper trading Nvidia and AMD. I would love it if you took some time to really try to understand like if you love Nvidia and AMD because they're cool companies, or you like Nvidia and AMD because you heard of it from, uh, you know, some Reddit post or some uh, news articles, or just because you know it's the hottest thing in the market right now. Because if there's a macro event, say for example, and you know this is not something that I wish upon anything or anybody, but like say for example, coronavirus like wave five million and six comes around in January, and then like that's the one that makes everyone go on lockdown again. If can you live? with having 100 shares of AMD down uh, and being down like 4K on the position, say maybe AMD drops down to like 110. Can you withstand that? If you can withstand a 4K loss on a 15K AMD position, uh, then I'd say that you've accounted for max loss and you'll be fine. But here's here's the real side of that question. A lot of people, when they're really looking into starting something or trading something, they'll lie to, lie to themselves uh, thinking like, oh yeah, this is no problem. Yeah, I, I, I'll hold. Yeah, I'll let, uh, have my AMD position going down to 11K or trading at 110. Yeah, that's no problem. And then the worst of the worst happens. And then they change their mind. They sell for a loss. They net the 4K loss. And then they chalk it up. Oh, it's market manipulators. Oh, it's, it's coronavirus. Oh, it's this, it's that. It's profit takers. And then they don't learn anything, and then they end up just like continuing that trading pattern. So I'd say, you know, 15K out of 25K portfolio is not the end of the world. Um, and if you're young, which is, it's honestly sounds like you are because you're in nursing school, but I understand that there's all ages in nursing school too. Um, if you're on the younger side, and if this is something that you just really want to do, I don't think there's necessarily anything uh, wrong with this. There are just things that can go wrong uh, that you just need to be ready for. Um, if 
uh, AMD did go down to 110, and you were sitting on a 4K loss um, or a 4K down uh, position on AMD, you're not going to be able to write covered calls. That makes sense. The covered calls that you write at 150 will not make sense because there's just going to be no demand there. No one's going to think that AMD is going to bounce back to 150 after it drops down to 110 immediately. So those covered calls are going to be worthless. And then you might ask, well, Juni, I'll just write covered calls that are closer to the money um, even when it does go down to 11. Well, then you put yourself at risk for selling your entire AMD position for a really big loss uh, in case if there's like some like dead cat bounce or mini rally. All of these like little gotchas are enough to tilt you. Like there's uh, many different ways where you can like say, for example, get down to 110 on AMD, write a covered call, have it exit your position early, and then you're saying, oh, you know what? Uh, AMD looks like it's having a great day. I'm just gonna buy calls now to make up the difference of you know what I ate on the shares going down. And then you buy the calls and then AMD goes down even more because it, hey, look, it was just a dead cat bounce. So we're still in a market correction. And then now you're down on the calls and then those calls expire worth us. And then now you're down like 6K and you can see how this can snowball. You need to make sure that you trade appropriately in a real account a real account first like a not a paper trading account so you get all of these emotions kind of like jaded <laughs> it's so sad <laughs> uh, but once you get this jaded you can start trading like a more like a robot not exactly like a robot because we all humans we all got emotions and stuff um then i would feel way more comfortable about saying like hey you know you you seem good you sound mature you sound responsible let's just do it but you know, with all of what I said, take some time to reflect and really ask yourself, hey, is this what you really want to do? Can you really eat you know, AMD going down to 110? Do I genuinely think AMD will go down to 110 anytime soon? No. But do I think it's possible? Yes, because the market is irrational and anything can happen. You need to be prepared for these moments because this, like, this period of time that you are in right now, Matt, is very transformative. When I was, uh, I'm just going to assume you're like 25 or 26. That is like the area of time where I really started to get a handle on my finances. I tracked all my expenses. I paid off all my debts. I, um, I started saving up my money. I started contributing to an IRA. I started uh, taking trades more seriously. I started developing a long portfolio. Uh, and I did all of my stuff uh, during your age or during this, this period of time. Uh, do the things that you want to do because you want to have fun and I also want you to have fun but understand that these next few years especially these next few months are going to be very transformative like don't take any more risks that you really want to afford because we all have that friend in the friend group that says like oh you know I'll start investing like next year or I'll start investing next year or I you know it's it's so late you know I'll just Maybe I'll start putting a little bit in here. It's so hard to start investing just like in general. And the longer you can just stay in the market, the better you're going to be in the long run because a lot of people end up trying to rush it and they end up getting got and then they quit. I'd hate for you to think like, oh, you know, uh, I gave this 15K thing a try and it just didn't work out and you know, I'm just not gonna do anything with this. I'd rather just put in a savings account or something. That is my, that's my nightmare. I want you to have fun in the market and I want you to make as much money as you can in the market, but I also want you to be safe because, you know, frankly, if you took your time out of your day to write this very thoughtful email, 
uh, I want you to be trading for as long as possible. You sound like a really awesome dude, and I wish you nothing but the best. Uh, I love trading AMD. I love trading Nvidia, but because of just like how you know I present myself in podcast, I don't like telling people what to trade and how to trade. I'll just kind of tell you like what I've done and like how I've been doing and things that you gotta look out for. So Matt, I hope you find exactly what you're looking for and something that I said. Uh, and if not, take some moment to uh, uh, reflect and then you know hopefully we start seeing your trades on thetygame.com somewhere. All right, uh, one more email because I got time today. Um, I want to give a shout out to uh, Billy here who wrote in and said, Hi Junie, just wanted to drop you a quick note to thank you for your content. I am new to options and learning every day and sources such as your podcast have been valuable to me. I'm starting with a fairly small balance trying to learn as much as possible, recognizing that with a small balance a lot of options are closed off to me. I just heard it in your latest podcast you started with 3k so that's super inspiring. Anyway, I signed up for Tastyworks using referral code of a month ago, so I hope they give you a kickback. Haven't gone around to logging my trades on thetagame.com, but I hope I'll make it a priority to do it soon. I work full time and trade around my day job, so things can get a bit busy. Still trying to catch you on stream, but the time difference makes it a bit tricky. Hopefully catch you there soon. Take care, Billy. Awesome, possum. Thanks, Billy, for writing in. Uh, it's true. I started out with 3K. Uh, I wasn't writing cash secure puts with 3K. Uh, at that time, uh, I was definitely just working around put credit spreads, selling those, selling some call credit spreads, figuring out that the market usually goes up, so I don't like selling those. Um, and you know, through trading and learning, I was able to find out like, oh wow, if you really do sell an option and you like hold it for as long as you, you know, reasonably can with some triggers in place, it usually things work out for you, you know, especially if you don't like go a little bit too far in any direction of being greedy or not greedy. Uh, because a lot of people don't assume max loss and you know a lot of put credit spreads and a lot of call credit spreads can hit max loss very quickly if you are writing too close to the money and not receiving enough premium and all these little gotchas but yeah I did start out with 3k um, I put in you know a deposit like every month uh, since like I started my 30 game journey on 30game.com slash junie where I share all my trades at least all my closed ones the open ones are for patrons only but those aren't cool anyway you know yeah, it's just me doing my same old thing same boring thing um, and uh, yeah Billy thank you for using the Tastyworks referral code uh, like I mentioned on the outro of, like of every podcast uh, that's 30 game one word all caps Billy uh, I'm going to uh, ask you for your first name, last name, and your thetagame.com username. I'm going to give you all the perks that come up with signing up with the thetagame referral code. Because uh, it, it is really a huge help. The The website um, is getting a little bit more expensive as time goes on just because there's so many people. <laughs> Look at Jude. He thinks he's so cool. Oh, there's so big people. Nah, there's, 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 there's not a whole bunch. I'd say I think uh, there's 1.6 thousand hits per day which is really minuscule compared to like you know like facebook <laughs> uh i let me be proud of my website okay please please um so yeah and uh just making sure that you know um being able to make time for emails like these uh is important to me still i don't care how big or how small your portfolio is just as long as uh, I understand that I'm still making a difference in like the new trader's journey is all that really matters uh, when it comes to these emails. Because um, quite frankly, I get like a lot of emails 
uh, of people showing me like their gains from the stock market and those don't resonate with me nearly as much as like thank you emails or um, like emails that talk about like a huge loss. Like I'd rather like like celebrate you know you making a market comeback uh, and you saying like oh Junie here's a screenshot of me getting got but you know after listening to your podcast again I understand like oh you know you do have to be kind of careful and account for max loss I'm starting to see it now and uh, I'm gonna try to be better like those hit so hard because I remember being in those moments where I'm just like you know I'm done with this I don't want to lose like massive amounts of money anymore I worked hard for this money and uh, I really want to like be that person that's like Oh, you know, if I just traded like Junie, if I traded all boring, like I would be, I would have this much money instead of like getting got like that is, that's the type of like persona that I'm going to give off. I want to be like, I want to have that really random person be like, Oh man, if I just did that boring, stupid way that Junie does all the time, uh, I would have this much, but you know, I, I, I like trading like indicators and all these, uh, you know, metrics and making sure that, you know, these dark pool trades I follow and, uh, you know, I'm going to do this. Uh, but dude, yeah, if I wanted to be boring, uh, I just trade like Junie and you know, he makes, he, he wins, but it's so small, you know, like who wants to do that? <laughs> Oh, you see, that's how I want to come up in conversation. I don't want to come up in conversation and be like, oh, this guy's Judy got a cool podcast. <laughs> no, I want to, I, I want to make the, I want to make the people, I want to make the people upset. <laughs> oh, Judy, Judy wins, but it's not that much. And <laughs> anyway, Billy, thanks for inspiring this little tangent here. Uh, thanks for sending in a thank you. And again, uh, just send me another email if you want to get the Tastyworks perks set up. Uh, and uh, greetings to the UK. Oh, yeah, that, that's what the that's what the subject of the email says is uh, hello from the UK. So this is me saying uh, hello to all the UK homies. There was a spike in traffic in Canada too. So if you're a Canada listener, uh, you know I get probably like somewhere around like a thousand or two thousand streams from Canada usually. And uh, now I have like uh, like 400 more listeners from Canada. And so there's like a spike in traffic from Canada. So if you're listening from Canada, I don't know who referred me or who posted something about me uh, in Canada, but you guys have my blessing. I, I, I want to travel to Canada so bad. Uh, and I think Canada is just super cool. Like without even having <laughs> been there, I want to go there so bad. So just shout out to you guys and girls too. Um, yeah. All right, uh, today we're gonna be talking about rolling trades, which I thought uh, I had a specific episode dedicated to it, but I guess I've just talked about it so much over like just the entire course of the podcast that I've never realized I didn't dedicate an episode to this. So shout out to uh, Vlad TC for uh, recommending that I do a specific uh, podcast episode for this because. Uh, I have a very firm opinion about rolling options, which I think is very unique to this uh, style of trading or, you know, style of theta game trades or selling options. Um, it's pretty counterintuitive to even Tastyworks, and I think this is a very, uh, like, this is a Junie opinion. This is so bipolar, not bipolar, this is so polarizing um, that, you know, I get, I get some, like, pretty you know, hurtful emails and DMs about this opinion. So I'm just going to leave it all out here on this one and refer people to this podcast episode when I 
uh, you know, want them to hear what my opinion on rolling options are, is <laughs> uh, grammar. Uh, but um, yeah, I'll go ahead and define it. Uh, I'm gonna quickly use the bathroom <laughs> and then I'm gonna continue on with the rest of the episode. Okay, so rolling a trade, like what is it and why does Juni sound like it's like the end of the world? Why is he tripping so hard? Rolling a trade uh, defined by tastytrade.com is uh, one way to manage a winning or losing position. To roll a trade, we simultaneously close our existing position and open a new one. We can change the strike, duration, or both. So let's just give a famous example of Apple trading at uh, say $100. Um, and you uh, want to sell the 95 put uh, because you think, hey, Apple does, isn't going to drop uh, 5%. It's not going to drop to 95. And uh, you sell the put uh, hoping to just rake in premium from Apple either trading flat or up, right? Um, say Apple does go down 5%. Most people, um, you know, would consider maybe like, uh, hey, this isn't so bad. Uh, right now, uh, the option looks like it might be a sign. You know, I might have to cough up, cough up like $9,500 and pick up 100 shares of Apple at 95 bucks, and this doesn't seem like a bad idea. But what some other people uh, might consider doing is rolling the trade. So what they'll do is they'll buy back the uh, 95 put for a loss because you know the option value of that has gone up so if you're on the sell side and writing a cash secured put you're down on the position so you're closing that you're realizing the loss and you're choosing to uh, sell a another put uh, one in hopes of not getting assigned um, and that could be or in this particular example it would probably be a put that's much further away because you're gonna want enough um, premium to make up the difference of what the what loss you just took so uh, rolling a trade just delays uh, a loss in a lot of cases like imagine uh, you know if you went into that trade just thinking uh, you know I'll open the 95 put if it goes below 95 yeah I'll just pick up Apple at 95 and I'll be good to go um, if you don't want to get assigned right if you don't want to uh pick up apple at any price but you still want premium like why don't you just put on a put credit spread um the way that you should you know manage roles and uh other particular strategies where you start mitigating losses like hedging by buying puts or calls against your short position those types of strategies are super advanced and some of you are just like, oh, Junie, I got this. Yeah, I've been in the market for a really long time, and I, I, I'm advanced. I, I know how to look at a chart. I know how to read it. I'm not. That's not the advanced I'm talking about. Rolling a trade, you have to be so disciplined, and you have to have a plan for a lot of it to start making sense because you have to manage your break evens. You have to know like where and where you lose. Um, and just making sure that you stick to the plan because rolling trades is a really quick way to snowball out of control. If you find yourself that you're getting so worried about assignment that you keep on rolling this trade out and out and out, then suddenly instead of making a gain, you're just fighting to break even. And then soon you're just like fighting to just like um, as, uh, exit with the smallest loss. 
if instead you went in with just knowing that if you're going to open up a cash to care put, you're going to get assigned, things will work out way much more, uh, just so much smoother. Get assigned, start signing the covered calls right away, uh, and just admit that you were wrong. Rolling a trade is accepting a loss uh, in order to just, just be right at the end with like just a little bit less premium. Or in some cases in this, especially in this 5% example, it's with a lot less premium. So, and you have to also think about when you roll a trade, you're also continuing to keep your money tied up uh, in a losing position. You never, I'm not gonna say never, you typically don't uh, roll a trade unless if you're losing. Um, and you have to think like you're spending more and more time on this time and effort because it, it does take some mental bandwidth too because you're you're always looking at this a trade that's losing and you're just afraid that like hey did I, if I rolled this trade did, did did this just like make it worse and you have to worry about all these things I could just be also projecting right like th these are just a lot of my fears of you know rolling a trade I've never rolled a trade ever i just thought it just made no sense um if you're willing to be assigned you should really just own up to your words and get assigned and then um you know buy more shares to lower your break even and sell cover calls uh because you love the stock why wouldn't you want to buy more when it's down right there's so many contradicting things about rolling and just being uh uh disciplined that i just don't like unless if rolling is a particular part of your plan which i'm going to i'm just gonna call out i don't think it's part of like most people's plans i think you have to be like a option veteran like the ones at the tasty trade desk to really understand like okay rolling trades is gonna work out here this this is my exit uh plan here i'm gonna exit this profit trigger this delta makes sense like whatever they do and whatever the pros do like that's on them like the hedge fund managers or the hedge funds you know desk people like those are the people that might you know be doing this according to whatever document they're they're trading by because i'm sure they don't just like freely trade um but when it comes to us right i'm included in that i'm, I'm including myself in that i'm just a regular retail trader i don't need to be rolling options and you know putting on hedges and all these other things to min max my profit loss i just want to be green for the year and it would be nice if i beat spy for the year that would also be good um i don't want to put my time and effort into learning different parts of the strategy that uh can potentially tilt me for those that want to roll trades my biggest tip is just to do it with the plan because rolling trades, there's a lot of emotion in it too, because you're already losing. And a lot of us aren't robots. It took me a long time to understand that like, hey, a red position when you're short, like if you roll cash to care put, it's not bad. It's not the end of the world, especially if you just follow the, the first golden rule of making sure you only write puts on companies that you genuinely like. And then suddenly rolling stops making sense. It's like, oh, well, like what? Like why? Why don't I want shares of the company that I genuinely like? <laughs> and then if you're worried about price, then you're then I'm, the next follow-up question is like, aren't you just gonna be invested for like, the, aren't you gonna be doing this for like for the rest of your life? Like you're not gonna try to just make all your gains in one year and exit, right? So you have the rest of your life to to trade, and then you just start thinking like, oh yeah, why why am I rolling? 
oh, because I want to and I think it's fun, then I think that's okay. Then I think that's amazing. I think you should do that. You shouldn't let anyone stop you from doing something that you think is fun and that you think is, you know, something that you might, like, take interest in. Like, power to you. But if you're really trying to, like, maximize your effort to value ratio in the stock market, the least amount of things that you can do, the better. Because at every single part of your decision making in the stock buying or option buying, selling, stock selling, the hash minging, hash flinging, singing, ringing, the hash dinging, um, the more decisions you make in that decision making process, um, the more chances there are to be tilted. Some of you right now are like, Junie, I'm not gonna get tilted. Why do you keep saying, uh, I gotta protect myself from tilting? The only thing that's tilting me is you saying I'm gonna get tilted. <laughs> there are so many ways that you just don't see right now where you can get tilted because the market is so green. It's so hard to be wrong right now. And so I am being grateful, I'm being thankful that I've made as much money as I have this year and last year doing the same thing, talking about the same things and, you know, being the old boring trader that doesn't make that much. <laughs> um, but yeah, I'm excited to see what 2022 brings and, you know, just making sure that people don't like freak out in case if there's like some correction because, you know, we have run really really hot and when it, the market does correct because the market doesn't just go up it goes down and up and up and up and down sometimes and up and up but it does go down when the market goes down you need to protect yourself from getting tilted okay <laughs> you need to make sure that you don't over hedge your hedges stay as hedges you don't buy all the out the money puts available you don't uh, roll too far or too too shallow where you're not receiving enough premium to make out the trade okay you need to do all of these things to make sure you can trade for the full year next year because this is a fun hobby when you are able to just like coast uh, and you're not stressing because a lot of times you know when you start learning options you're just stressed all the time get into that mindset of just like you know I don't want to do all these millions of things to scrape up like another dollar. Like I'd rather just keep doing what I'm doing and you know, uh, and just have it keep working. If you're doing something right now that's not working, for example, the market is up so much this year. Um, and if you're currently red on your profit loss, you messed up somewhere. Um, and you're really, and it hurts to say it cause you know, you're choosing to listen to the podcast and it's basically saying some, <laughs> telling you that you messed up but you messed up somewhere if you know changing your mind or exiting positions too fast in and out is one of those reasons i would argue that rolling trades and learning to roll trades is not the strategy or not one of the strategies you should be employing rolling is a very very disciplined skill and uh for one of those reasons like i don't do it like I'm pretty disciplined. I just don't think I'm disciplined enough for rolling because I get emotional, like super emotional sometimes. And rolling is just one of those ways where I don't have to worry about uh, snowballing in the negative direction. Um, but yeah, uh, if you are particular, uh, if you're particularly closing and exiting and entering positions 
willy-nilly and you feel like it's kind of just like getting too overwhelming rolling is definitely not the next strategy you start employing you should definitely look at trading maybe a fewer amount of tickers maybe you you know take some time aside and find out what tickers you generally like trading and uh, you go from there um, lots of ways you can tackle 2022 I think the next few podcast episodes will be like prep for 2022 I mentioned the IRA stuff already in this podcast episode um, mentioned some you know tips on why you shouldn't roll if you're down on this year currently if you're fitting in some sort of demographic like entering and exiting trades too often um, yeah I mean, but other than that, I'd say like if you made it to this end of the year and you're still, uh, you still have like the passion to trade and you still enjoy the process, I'd say you're still winning. You know, like I, uh, you know, didn't do so well uh, one year uh, and it just, it sucked. It really, really sucked. And then that triggering tweet, imagine an ally savings account doing better than you, changed my life. <laughs> and so if I can be a homie and slightly trigger you and and like motivate you to just do a little bit better than this year, I th- I'd say that tweet is the butterfly effect. <laughs> uh, I hope that you all enjoy this podcast episode. I'll go ahead and get started with the outro. And if you decide to stick around, cool. Otherwise, I'll see everybody on the stream next week, Tuesday, uh, 7.30 Pacific time, um, 7.30 p.m. Pacific time at twitch.tv slash gang. Um, if not there, then the next podcast episode next week. Bye-bye. Alrighty. Uh, shout out to Pocket Change, King Polo D, Mike D, Slow Motion, JZM, Malat, Pastor Bedtime, Epony Cans, Mods, Norco, Royal, Mitch Baby 7, Upstream Puddle, Craig Thomas, CJ Wilson, Beans J, Kim, Statistic Ram, Tom Lama's Rush Integrity, Trevi, Deleted, Joffrey 86, Island Bell, Wheaton, DG Mac 86, Nob, Vlad TC, Maltman 1856, Chivonis, M. Hayden, La Little, Mr. Sneezy, Mano Dundo, Grab 585, Leo Jetson, Fancy Wolf, Maestro XC, Nate the Rivers, Young Steve Nash, Satoshi, Bat Trader, Chicken Dinner, Irvin, Ivan Yurkinov, Decentious, Arfman, Lord Skeletor, the Reservist, the Jester, Chris McCoon, Boy, Kaputsch, Rustier, Shifty, AG, Theta Ray, U, U Alex V, Ensis88. Um, what else do I. Oh, right. <laughs> you can follow me on Twitch at Real Theta Gang. You can follow me on Twitter at Real Theta Gang. You can email me these like questions, compliments, concerns, complaints at Judy at ThetaGang.com. Theta Game is proudly partnered with Tastyworks and signing up with the Theta Game referral code is a huge help. Theta Game, one word, all caps. If you have already used it, please email me your first name and last name um, uh, from the email that you signed up with, and I'll get you uh, set up with the uh, my Twitter alerts. Of you know, you can uh, be directly notified of right when I log a trade on ThetaGame.com, uh, and you get a cherry flare for the website to show that you're a supporter of the website and podcast. Um. Oh, that's weird. Yeah, I usually do the shout-outs after I say that. <laughs> okay, okay. This new this new podcast freestyle format is messing me up. But I like it. I like it. I'm in my zone. Like I mentioned, my mom is doing uh, good today. I, you know, I was just going to say better, but, like, honestly, it's... The, day, the good and bad days are still as um, transient. Like, it, it's still just as normal it fluctuates just as normal but you know today was just a abnormally good call uh, with my mom i call her every morning at like 9 30 um and 
you know, when she's in a good mood, it instantly makes my my entire day better. It's so good. Um, there, there's, there are mornings where she's having a really tough time, and you can, uh, or I can, uh, like, visibly hear it, but then she'll still be like, oh, yeah, I'm fine. But it definitely doesn't sound like it, but, you know, that's, that's mamas, right? Mamas will do that, making sure that their baby boy is doing okay and be strong. Um, but yeah, Thanksgiving, uh, is this, this week is next week. I mean, I'm recording this on Saturday. So by the time you listen to this, probably in the car on Monday. So Thanksgiving is this week. I hope you all have a very cool Thanksgiving. Uh, for those that don't, uh, I also want to let you know that uh, it's okay to be uh, home alone at Thanksgiving if you don't have anywhere to go. I'd urge you to, you know, if someone invites you to go, because, you know, it, it is a lot to invite someone to a Thanksgiving dinner, um, and it's a very thoughtful gesture of someone. So if you feel like you're possibly being a burden by going, like I'm telling you right now, they would love to have you there because I've had that problem before too, of like thinking that, oh, you know, I don't want to, you know, be a burden. I don't want to take up another seat at the dinner table or whatever. I've, I've thought those things before, but now I, now I just go. Um, but also like a past version of myself, uh, I used to spend Thanksgiving alone. Uh, I would, the first year, uh, 2019, I spent Thanksgiving alone. Um, I have this, I think I've mentioned it on the podcast before. Uh, I went to Seven Leaves Cafe on Thanksgiving. Um, and, or was it Christmas? I mean, I'll, I'll say this again, but the, the premise is for the holidays. Like, if you don't have anywhere to go, it's fine. Like, it's not the end of the world. Um, you know, there's other people have just, you know, other things that they need to be doing. They have family that stuff. You know, and most people, you know, some people don't really even like going to Thanksgiving dinners and they go anyway. Because, like, you know, family stuff is, like, very complex, very complicated. Uh, <laughs> so if you are finding yourself that, you know, you don't have any plans for Thanksgiving, like, it's totally cool. I mean, I've spent Thanksgiving alone. I've, sp I've spent some Christmas alone. And I think I turned out okay, right? Uh, this year, I'm spending Thanksgiving with my girlfriend's parents and her family, so that's pretty cool. Um, and then Christmas, I might go home. I'm not sure about Christmas this year of what's going to happen. But, um, yeah, I think my point is, you know, if you can go to a Thanksgiving dinner, you should go. Uh, if you can't, uh, then it's also not the end of the world. I think there's some people that definitely needed to hear that. Because it would have been nice, honestly, if someone had told me that during, you know, that time when I was, you know, not going out to things like as I do now. But, um, hmm. I think that is, I think that's the stuff that I want to say for Thanksgiving. Oh, no, I, I was saying for, yeah, the Seven Leaves thing. Uh, I don't remember if it was Christmas or Thanksgiving, but anyway, I was spending Christmas or Thanksgiving alone, and I went to the Seven Leaves Cafe, um, and I was just coding dating. Uh, I was still coding V1 of the website when the website was white and not dark themed. It was a, it was the light theme with the white background that blinded your eyes if you looked at trades at night. <laughs> um, and uh, I was there from the morning till they closed, and w right before I left 
um, because the shop was closing, the owner gave me a uh, Seven Leaves Cafe like punch card that said Merry Christmas, and it's it was like fully punched. It was like for a drink, and I thought that was like I still have it. I haven't used it. It's in my wallet. It's like super like worn out, but it's just here as like a reminder to myself like dang like there they just this it's just to be nice like the reminder is just to be nice it's not not so much like oh you know the, the uh this is like an awesome it, it was an awesome experience i'm what am i trying to say it's just a reminder to be nice like that little gesture that might have to them just been like oh you know i'm just gonna help this guy out he seems like he doesn't got anywhere uh, much more important than a coffee shop to go to on christmas or thanksgiving so i'm just gonna write in this card but this has been with me for like two years this is a two-year-old punch card that i don't even think they accept anymore like i don't think they ex i don't think seven leaves accepts these punch cards they only do apps but yeah i still have this here I'm just like looking at it right now. <laughs> Here's some ASMR. Here's me like, like rubbing the card. <laughs> um, yeah. So that was cool, and I guess that's also just like. It seems like you know it's from a movie, right? Like these these moments I have like with my mom lately, and you know these th these things I could look back on. I think a lot of these memories are remembered because of just like when i go home and i visit my mom it's a huge period of time where i just find myself just reflecting sometimes which i don't get much here because i feel like my mind in southern california is just like racing i am always looking for the next thing to do next thing to build next thing to code next thing to talk about next thing to do this but when i go home and there's like nothing to do beyond like uh, taking care of my mom and just like working. I still work my nine to five just like on my laptop next to my mom But like there's like a lot of chance where I could just reflect um, And it's a lot more quiet there too, which I'm starting to realize when I when I go to sleep at home I think if I put like a decibel meter in my room, it's like it, it is Pretty close to zero like it's so quiet in my room there um not so much the case here in socal but uh yeah having time to reflect is cool i can kind of maybe tell that you know if you're driving on the way to work you're kind of like ah i don't got time to reflect what is that that's that's dumb or some of you might think like yeah i should probably, probably take some time to reflect but you you're gonna go into work and you're gonna work you could do all that stuff and you come home you'd be tired you're probably just gonna want to, you know, like watch your shows or you know play your favorite video game or go on social media a little bit, and then you know the reminder to reflect just kind of goes out the window. It's like, oh, that, yeah, that was nice, you know, having a moment to like just think and be like, yeah, reflecting would be cool. But <laughs> I'm not even trying to say like, oh, I'm better than you because I'm reflecting because I'm like forced to reflect. There's not really much else to do when I'm at home, but it is good. I feel I feel recharged. Uh, I think I can kind of hear it in my own voice as I'm like speaking into the mic for this podcast and the last podcast too. Just feels good. Jiu-Jitsu also feels really good right now. I feel like I'm the best I've ever been, which is kind of rare for like a jiu-jitsu journey. 
because um, a lot of the time you kind of just feel like, oh man, yeah, I'm still learning and you know, uh, you know, I'm eventually gonna get better and stuff. Right now, I feel really, really good. I feel, I feel like I'm able to see things I haven't been, which I think honestly is also because I've taken a break. Right, I went up to visit my parents for two weeks, um, and when I was reflecting and doing all these things, I think it really got let me like just clear my head of like a lot of thoughts but also um let me think on a few other things that made space for say jujitsu so for example like when things get really stressful and i end up going to jujitsu because you know that's like my that's how i clear my head a lot of time is i'll i'll be like rolling and i'll still be kind of stressed about the day and i won't like be able to take my jujitsu to the next game because i won't my my full head won't be in it but since coming back from my parents and, you know, like if I were to roll today, which I usually don't on Saturdays, um, I feel like I would, I would destroy people, right? Because my mom's in a good mood. I am just finished the podcast. I just talked my lungs out and I'm probably boring you. And you're probably, some of you are probably like, oh, come on, June, I gotta get out of my car. I gotta go into work. <laughs> um, but yeah, taking a break, reflecting, all of these things are so good. And I'm sure that's probably reflected in some of my stock performance too. Because there are some days where I just like open up Tastyworks, I see green, and I'm just like, ah, oh, yeah, I don't need to open up anything more today. I'm good. I'm thankful for what I have. I'm good. So, so many, so many things I'm learning this year. And I hope to learn more things next year. Um, hope to learn more things this week. Uh, I bought a wasabi plant, but, you know, before, before boring you guys and girls with that stuff, uh, I'll talk about that possibly next week. Have a fantastic week. It's a short week again. Thanksgiving uh, stock market is closed. Enjoy Black Friday, and I'll see everybody uh, next week. Bye-bye.